Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on Thursday, November 11th, L.A. Galaxy. Guess what? Still out of the playoffs. I know it's too soon for that, but guess what? That's... We're into, like, opening the wounds today, pouring salt in there, rubbing around a little bit. Uh, it's just one of those one of those weeks, one of those days, almost a Friday. I think that's good news for everybody. If you're really if you're really excited about the big news today, and this is big news, uh, Taylor Swift's album drops in about, like, mm, an hour, probably, East Coast time, midnight. So we're very close to that. The Red Album, my favorite. We can talk all... Actually, it's an hour-long show just about that. So get ready for Taylor Swift talk. Uh, let's see. We're going to have some roster talk. We're going to start breaking into that, some off-season stuff, some other little things that we're going to throw in there, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of discussion to help me do all that. He's back. It's the hammer himself, Mr. Eric, the Portuguese hammer, Vieira. How's it going, Eric? It's it's going all right, all things considered. Obviously, this is supposed to be the playoff hype show. We're supposed to be getting excited for Woo, playoffs. Uh, the international break and, and the playoffs coming, and obviously... Man, that was that was a rough, rough letdown uh, over the weekend. So uh, we'll see if we can pick up all the pieces. Usually, one thing I can count on when uh, Pato and the Hammer get together on Thursday night, we're going long. Uh, yeah. But I think you said it with the Taylor Swift album dropping. I think uh, I think I might get the boot pretty quickly. So yeah, yeah. As, as soon so as we're, like- on th- we're, we're on a time crunch, no playoffs, no games to talk about. Taylor Swift's coming out. Let's wrap it up. Yeah, it was funny. The chat room's already like, "Hey, don't hold out on transfer room. transfer rumors." <laughs> transfer playoffs you want to talk about the playoffs no uh there's none of that yet there's none of that there there was some some roster stuff that sort of came up as well um we'll we'll talk a little bit about that i've been talking to the galaxy i've been trying to figure out what their schedule is um they were supposed to be in today training thursday friday there's some cba stuff that sort of says that they have to train past a certain time and then they're done and i think most galaxy fans are used to that because that's what the LA Galaxy have been doing now for multiple years outside of 2019 when they actually made the playoffs. Uh, they have been uh, been having to train after everybody else gets ready for the playoffs. 14 teams getting ready for the playoffs. The LA Galaxy aren't one of them, um, which is always fun and exciting. I, I just before we get too far, I, I we we spent some time on a Monday show and Kevin got a chance, but uh, we also wanted to give you know another shout out to the to the to the man himself, Mister Mister Esquire, Larry Larry. <laughs> I think I call him Larry F Morgan Esquire. I don't think the F is actually his middle he, initial. He needs like a third in there, Larry S Morgan Esquire the fourth. Yeah, you know, that, I think that, that really 
that really cements it. Yeah, I, I agree. So we just we have to figure out, you know, Sir Larry Morgan Esquire, I think <laughs> is is probably what it is. But like um, it. it was fun because uh, you you tossed up some pictures, certainly, and and, yep. and did some things. But somebody threw out a picture of Larry like that was from 30 years ago or something yeah, like that. You uh, just scrolled past it. It was a classic. Yeah, it was. It's a, it's a very good one. Uh, Larry says he goes, that was a long time ago. I was much skinnier than Larry's not 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 skinny. Larry's a tall, tall drink of water. And also, I, I will say, Larry, you know, being modest, if he's told me that picture was taken, you know, if you take the guy in the back with the wide tie and the, and the glasses from 19, you know, 89 or 1991, I think that's the era era that that picture is from. Take that guy out of it. I think if you told me that was Larry four weeks ago, I I, I would buy it. Yeah. I'd buy it. Larry has, has aged very well. He's, so he's got that know. salt and pepper hair. He's you know Absolutely. he's. I think you know I think Larry could do some damage on if if indeed he was single. But you know of course he's he's got Mrs. Not on Twitter as well. So of course uh, she's of course. there. So so they're gonna have a good time. Listen, I want everybody to know it's not like Larry suddenly stopped texting me. As a matter of fact, Larry has been <laughs> texting me more in the last like couple of days than ever. So, you know, it's fine. I think I'm trying to get him to come over and help me put some models together that, that maybe I, was, I need to work on. Yeah. I was going to say, we're in the off season. No games to talk about it. You got your, your train set going. I yep. think if you put, you put Larry's world war two planes, no, your they're, trains, they're, they're different. I, I think this, they're different eras. We already talked about this. He was trying to force scales, it on me. The, um, ratio, yeah. the ratios aren't, that's aren't right. not right. But, that's not right. But I, I know you guys had it, had a chance to talk to him and kind of give your, 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 Farewell, not really farewell, but congratulations in order. So I just want to take the time to <laughs> do I, that as I, well. Can I interrupt? Every time we talk about him, we're always like, did he die? Does, it's yet. like, no, not, he's not, not yet. yet. He's, he's fine. <laughs> I just talked to him. He is good. Okay, go ahead and continue. Yeah. So shout out to Larry. You know, I know I'm, I came in later in the fold. I know he's been around for, for all those years. But you know, every time we, I got together with Larry, hearing him share stories about, you know, the Aztecs and his, his Cleveland sports stories, just always a pleasure to talk to you and just the, the wealth of knowledge that he brought uh, and the help that he gave, you know, with my my little dalliances on the website with writing a few features here and there. And I know he gave some input, you know, and some of that input was through you to me and, you know, directly to him. So again, a huge influence here on Corner of the Galaxy. So shout out to him. Enjoy the retirement. Enjoy the grandkids. Enjoy the golf. Enjoy all the pretzels you wish. All so the pretzels, it, it, yeah. yeah, so enjoy it, Larry. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. And I'm sure I'm sure our paths will cross again. We should take Larry golfing. Ready to say hey, that'd Let's, be fun. Okay, good. I, I would, I would accept you live in a different state now. Um, and by the way, I would <laughs> like to point out several people have pointed this out. Uh, both states that you live in don't have any teams in the playoffs. Um, Correct. and so, um, they're blaming you and I agree. I, and, and I, I mentioned that when we had our Twitter spaces, uh, at the end, but I, I take full responsibility. This is on me, hundred yep. percent on me, you know, no California teams, no Texas teams, uh, you know, God, God's a mean, a mean person. And so he, you know, I decided to move away from California and this is his way to punish me. I'm not even going to get to sniff uh, any any playoffs, any MLS playoffs, either in Texas or nor California. Uh, so I'm going to have to figure out a different way to get my MLS playoff fix. Hey, so well, I apologize. My, yeah. my apologies to it, everyone. That's on me. It, it was absolutely uh, there. By the way, Raphael, I think, hit it on the head. Looking forward to the future show where Larry unretires. I'm on that train, <laughs> by the way. I'm on that train. Yeah. I think Larry, listen, Larry is doing what I would expect that I kind of want to do right now, which is like, please don't make me talk about this for a little while because <laughs> it was a ridiculous season. And yeah. one is I can't believe it's over. And two is it should be over because it was the longest thing I've ever been a part of. You know, I think it's last longer than both my marriages uh, this season. Um, that's not true. That's not true. That's not true. <laughs> going to get in trouble. I, no, neither one of them listened to the show. I, I'm not too concerned that's about it. So um, also, also a fair point. 
Yes. Uh, so anyway, so that's where we are. But yeah, it was great. Uh, by the way, Mike gave us a $10 shoe, but super chat. Hey, hey, Mike, how's it going? Uh, Mike Gray. Shout out to Mike. Yeah. Uh, he, he says Larry has aged like a fine wine. Indeed, he has. Indeed, he has. Um, so anyway, so Larry, I'm sure we will talk about him this entire offseason. So whenever it comes back around to the beginning, he'll be ready to go and rock yeah. and rolling in the press box. You, so, you, you know, he's going to be here for the, the home opener preview show. That's going to be the Larry show. You, be, you just know it. You pe- know it. People are saying, you know, make sure you still have Larry back on the podcast. I'll gladly do that. So don't worry. He's again, he's he's hanging it up, but he's not really. Hang- he's just fading to yeah. black, right? He's fading to yeah. black. It's not black yet. You can still see a picture there. So uh, Larry's doing just fine. That also sounds like he's dying. He's fine. As far as I know, he's fine. <laughs> he just doesn't doesn't want to deal with it anymore. If he wants to, he can, but he's not committing. So I, I like that style. So, you know, I'll, I'll jump in and out as needed. Can can we just can we talk about the chat room and, and feel the berm, by the way, because uh, we, uh, he's over here dropping Taylor Swift lyrics into this. And, he, you know, it was a sad, beautiful, tragic love affair. And I'm I'm ready to cry already. And apparently there's a 10 minute version of a song that I'm waiting. Anyway, we don't need to talk about Taylor Swift. Uh, El, yeah, let's talk a little bit about MLS and why not. That sounds like fun. Um, the big That's news, the big news that broke about, oh, I don't know, an hour before we started talking was that Peter Vermees got fined. Normally, we wouldn't want to talk about another coach getting fined, except his mouth was yeah. all over the galaxy while he was doing it. And and it really- very nicely, I should say, went went to bat for the L.A. Galaxy. Um, this was obviously the blown handball called in the RSL game. RSL uh, handled the ball in the 90th minute uh, in the box. Uh, Pro came out and issued basically and said, yeah, we were wrong. We screwed that one up. Um, and then that was all that happened to them. And then Peter, then Peter Vermees got fined for saying, well, really? Okay, listen, can, let me start by this. And this will probably surprise people and everybody. Peter Vermees deserves to be fined for what he said. That's fine. He knew we going in, he was going to be fined That's- for what he said. It probably wasn't the... I've never seen a call as bad as this because it was a really bad call. It was probably the I'm embarrassed to be part of this league stuff that got him fined because you're not really allowed to talk about the league badly in your post games and stuff like that. So he should be fined that he knew it was coming. Peter will be fine. That type of thing. Uh, it is super, super hypocritical for MLS to come in here and say anything to Peter Vermees about that because he was 100 percent accurate um, on all the stuff that he did. Um, and because of that, um, you know, you really get a thing. I, you know, I was, I was listening to, um, some other people that were talking about this, Eric. It's not just that the galaxy missed the playoffs and let's be clear. You and I were talking about this beforehand. The galaxy had enough points to get in the playoffs. We, we just talked about this. They, they technically okay. had enough points to get in the playoffs. Do we, we want to dig into that or I'm, yeah. let me tie bow back no, on, on no. Peter Vermees. No, keep, but, let's, let's, but, let's flow. But back to Vermees. I think you're, you're right. He knew that a fine was probably coming, but at the same time, he didn't say anything incorrect. But where you, you know, when you start bashing the league, you know, we've seen that those, that's the rules. That's the way it's set up. So that's one thing to go. So now here's where the issue is. VAR came out or sorry, pro came out and said that it was the incorrect call. You know, they, you know, whatever. I don't know if it was an apology or they just acknowledged that it was incorrect. Right. So now the question is, do those ref, does the referee get fined for not looking at it? Does the VAR referee get fined? So is there consistency here? If you're finding Vermees for pointing it out then, you know, do you find the referees for making those errors and costing those judges? The, the answer is no. But I, I think it's just one of those things where you bring that up. Is, is there is there a consequence for this referee? Does he miss out on games, uh, you know, doesn't get to officiate in the playoffs? So maybe he loses out on a bit of a paycheck by losing a number of games. So is there a consequence? Because I think all we want is consistency as fans is to say, listen, if there's a mistake. What What's going to happen? I think this has happened. Um, it happened in the UFC, I think, a week ago or, or 
I think a week ago they were there was an event in uh, in Dubai. You know, a referee just let the fight go on for a little bit too long, and like you know, a few, a few uh, as soon as the match was over, you got the call. This ref is not doing any more matches that night. He was pulled from the card, and so I think fans. Obviously, it was upsetting to watch the guy, you know, this is dealing with people's health and, you know, people getting with concussions and everything going on and UFC being a brutal sport. It's bad enough already. But then now fans said, OK, well, this guy was pulled for the card. You you get that piece that, OK, something was done about it. And I think if, you know, MLS came out and said there was an error, this referee will not be officiating games for the first round of the playoffs or something like that. I think that's one way to kind of make things right. If you're going to be consistent and you're going to find for me for saying that, then, you know, come out and, and, and give it, give, give the punishment on the other direction as well. So that, that's just my, my two cents on the, on the Vermees fine. They should be relegated. They should only be allowed to do Eastern <laughs> conference games, um, from, from here on out. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd like for something here's, here's the re- I mean, so it's always difficult because I always get people who are saying it doesn't matter. The galaxy shouldn't have left it to blah, blah, blah. We're, we're going to acknowledge that at the front. And we've acknowledged right. that many times. The galaxy had plenty of times to get just one more point anywhere would have got them into the playoffs. One more point anywhere at any time, you know, don't allow as many goals, goal differential, that type of thing would have gotten them in, you know, all these different things you look at would have gotten them in acknowledged. However, if the call is made correctly, on Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, the LA Galaxy are in the playoffs right now. How much does that change thing for the LA Galaxy? Drastically. And yeah. and I don't think... So, first of all, uh, players and contracts and things like that, um, That whenever you make it to the playoffs, a lot of times there's bonuses for making it to the playoffs. A lot of times there's uh, incentives for making or doing stuff in the playoffs, minutes in the playoffs, score goals in the playoffs. Winning a Western Conference would give you more money. Not saying the Galaxy are in that, but they had the potential to get there and now they don't, right? And so that's just the base level of players and coaches and everything else. And Greg Vanny's life is a lot easier if he makes the playoffs because he did and they set about their goal to make it. So a lot of these things come in. I'll tell you right now, fans listening and complaining about stuff about the Galaxy not play, making the playoffs have less of an argument to complain about if the Galaxy make the playoffs. That is a that is something that ripples through everything, Eric. Season ticket renewals ripples through those. Um, merchandising ripples through that. Um, there's a lot of things that can change. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, maybe even into the millions of dollars the LA Galaxy missed out on because they didn't make the playoffs. And to even further that point, uh, you know, I think we're getting into that territory where, you know, if, if my aunt, you know, was born with different parts, she'd be my uncle. And it's like, okay, at what point is do we just go too, too far in the other direction? But if we're going to keep going in that direction, you know, the Galaxy heading into decision day before the week before that had a result in Portland gone differently. Julian Araujo doesn't, uh, you know, score an own goal. So maybe you take one tiny little element like that, then they manage to get three points. Portland doesn't manage to make those jumps. And then we're talking about a home playoff game. So then you're talking about revenue at home and all those different things. So just one of those little things to go a different direction. And of course, we instead of talking about, you know, not missing the playoffs altogether, we could be talking about a home playoff game, which would be something completely different. So it's even crazier when you can even f- take it further back than that. But to your point, I think, you know, missing the playoffs and I've seen it a lot on Twitter. I'm see- I've even seen it a little bit in the chat. Now, you know, it goes back to, well, this is falls on Chris Klein, Klein out, uh, you know, the way the team was structured. If yep. it was, if there was an issue with the way the team was structured, there was an issue with the way the team was structured before they missed the playoffs. So if you had an issue and you wanted to Klein out, you know, before that, then the Klein out should have never gone away, which to, to be fair, I think a lot of people have felt that way, regardless of the team you put together, Klein outs, just your position because you think 
he's worn out his welcome. And I think if people feel that way, I think they have the right to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And and so that that's fine. But you can't say because they missed the playoffs, because you know Julian Araujo had an own goal, because the the missed handball call. Now I want Klein out. I don't think that that's that's the right motivation to do it. So maybe it sparks that interest and it keeps it going. But it could have bounced a few different ways. But to go back to what we were talking about before. Did the Galaxy deserve to make the playoffs? I was ready to come on and to make the take and to say, you know what? The Galaxy didn't deserve to make the playoffs because you look at the teams above them. You had Vancouver, who had 15 out of 24 points. They took away 62.5% of their points. They had um, – who, who else we have? Minnesota had 12 out of 24 points. They took 50% of their points. The Galaxy only had 10 out of 21, so they had less than 50%. So I was saying they didn't deserve to make it. But then you look at RSL. In RSL, if I were to ask you, and I think you know the answer, but if I were to ask you, out of 21 points, how many points do you think RSL took in their October and November? Yeah, what? I, and I said like 14 or 15, didn't I? 14 or 15, yeah. yeah. They took nine points. So they actually did worse than the Galaxy in the final seven games of the season than the Galaxy did. So it ended up being them tied on points. So I was going to say, well, RSL deserved to do it. But really where it came down to is RSL beat Colorado and RSL beat SKC. And uh, the LA Galaxy can't say that they did that this season. Right. And so I think that's what it comes down to. When they needed to beat the big opponents, they did that. Unfortunately, the Galaxy couldn't beat the little opponents either, but they also couldn't take away points from the people on the top of the table. So in the, in the end of the day, I, they, I think they are who they thought that we thought they were. They landed exactly what they were supposed to land because they didn't do a good enough job either you know, earlier in the season or later in the season, the nine-game winless streak. They didn't get it done. So yeah, you could say they didn't deserve to make it. Absolutely. But they put themselves in the situation and, you know, had a bounce gone their different way, they would have gone in. And so maybe they wouldn't have deserved to get in, whatever, however you say that. You, 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 but you, it, the situation was where it was. They right. landed where they landed and they earned where they landed. But you know, it's, it is. I wouldn't look at this team and say, well, they deserved more. I don't think so. I, I don't think they played like they deserved more. I think they played to earn exactly what they needed to earn. If they deserved more, we would have seen more from them when it counted most. I mean, I mean, the counterpoint to, you know, hey, RSL beat SKC and they beat these bigger teams was that means they lost more points to the bad teams than probably even the Galaxy did, Correct. right? So, yeah. I mean, you know, you can always balance that out. I, I do take issue, though, with people who saying who said, oh, well, this team didn't improve that much. And I think that because we had a short season last year of 22 games, because it was a COVID season, it was messed up, that we for, have forgotten how horrible that season was and how uninviting it was to watch the LA Galaxy play and how this year at no point did the LA Galaxy I would say play this uninviting unintelligent soccer sometimes they were learning things and you could see the learning taking place on the field sometimes but I felt like there was a purpose I felt like there was a reason I felt like there was strategy behind the things and I don't think Greg Vanny got it right and I I sort of likened it to this Yeah, okay. I, I'll, let me. I, I'll sort of liken yeah. it to this, which is whenever I got in my my car, like whenever I got a new car, I got in my new car, and it was a lot bigger than my old car, and so I had to drive it around for a little while, and like I couldn't go through drive-throughs because I was like, oh my god, this car is big and it's hard to fit into spaces. Now, after being in that car for you know a year, two years, I'm comfortable in that car. I know what the car is. I know where the, I know where things are. I understand the car much better than in the first year that I had it. The second and third years, I understood it. So I think that Greg Vanny was making the mistake that you sort of would expect to make whenever you have something new that you're trying to figure out how it works. And there's no instruction manual for a soccer team. So um, I'm willing to let them make mistakes and do that. Now, here's the deal is, you know, people want to say and they want to compare and it's it's 
it's okay to do it, but I just think it lacks perspective, which is, well, let's compare, you know, Greg Vanny's last 22 games to Guillermo Barros Scalotto's 22 games in 2020. Yes, except that you had a coach who was in his second year coaching a team that looked completely lost and out of their element for the entire season. So they're not the same things. Apples and oranges for me. And you had a two-month pause and then a bubble and then a return and then no fans. There are all these different variables. I don't think you can compare them. So my devil's advocate piece of this is you look at 2020 and you say, well, that's a mulligan. You throw it away. You compared 2021 to 2019. Mm -hmm. And so I think that might be what some people are doing. And with that, not missing the playoffs is a regression from that. Um, but I also think you can't fully discount 2020 because it costs a coach's job. The play was so bad. They were still playing games. There were still players on that roster who were either part of the 2019 team or the 2021 team. So there was some consistency there. So there is some comparison. So you you do need to you can't throw it out completely. You do need to factor it in that their play last season, you know, was was atrocious and there was an improvement this year. The other thing that I'll push back on you on is, you know, when we saw the Galaxy play, they played with purpose. They played with strategy. You know, we, we saw what the intent was. And I think there were games where that was the case. But I think there were also games where the Galaxy looked lost. Now, was that a personnel issue? Was that how Vanny set them up? You know, where does that fall? But I think where good teams really, you know, make their money in this league is being consistent. And the Galaxy were not consistent. I think we there were games where there were flashes, where they looked great. They were, you know, creating a lot of chances. Even during that unbeaten, uh, you know, run, there were games where they looked really good. They were creating chances that just the, the bounces didn't go their way. But there were also games where they just got, they got ran off the field by teams. And so you, you can't have that. You can't have moments. You know, you don't win the season in moments. You win the game consistently being good every single game. That's what, you know, Bruce Arena and the New England Revolution did. That's what Robin Frazier and the Colorado Rapids did. These are what those top teams did. They showed up for every game and they gave you a consistent performance every game. And the Galaxy can't say that they did that. And so for that reason, I'm out or they're out. They're so out. That was my they're, shark team. That was my shark team. I've been around Mark Cuban too much here in I, Dallas. I, I Oh, you hang out with him all the time. Is that it? Yeah. It sounds <laughs> you know, like I mean, Yeah. Yeah. You know how, that, yeah. how I roll. Uh, the LA Galaxy, if you did their points per game in 2020, they would have gotten uh, 34 points. All right. So if it was all the way through 34 games, they were one point per game in, in, in 2020. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, that means they are 14 points better this year. That's four wins and two draws better than they were last year. If you, if you even everything out. If right. Doing a direct comparison, if you're yeah. doing a direct comparison, that's what you're at. You were 14 points better. The 54 goals allowed by the LA Galaxy in 2021 was the best defense they've had since 2016. Now you can say that's that's horrible. In 2016, by the way, they had 39 goals. Just to understand how drastic that changes whenever you get there. Okay. In 2020, we projected 71 goals against. Again, it was a 22 game season, 34 game season, right? So 71 goals against, which would have been by far the worst <laughs> yeah, season and worst defense the Galaxy have ever had. And you know what the craziest thing about that? That number sounds ridiculous. And you think, well, there's no way they would have kept that pace. But then I remember being in the stadium and seeing some of those games. They absolutely could have kept that pace yeah, and allowed 71 goals. So so <laughs> I don't put it past them. So, yeah, that the fact that and, and I know you guys talked about it on, on Monday's show as well. But the fact that this was the best defense, it was an extremely low bar. So, uh, yes, it is an improvement. But, you know, but they still had a negative goal differential. Absolutely. And so you can't you, you can't say it was a great defensive season. It was an improvement, sure, but you know it's an improvement like a piece of bubble gum, you know, out of the wrapper is an improvement than a piece of bubble gum that's been stuck under a table for for two years. Yeah, it's better, but you know it doesn't make it. 
fantastic. No, but okay. So let's let's take it to the next sort of step on that, right? And I'm sort of going through different things as I'm looking at. I basically use uh, all of the 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 charts and everything as like my PowerPoint for this. So I just switch between them whenever I'm trying to find stuff. Um, but if if you would say so, the Galaxy were 17 goals better. That's a huge improvement, right? So basically, so right. and you, you sit there and go, okay, that's a huge improvement. That's good, and that's the direction you want. If the Galaxy get 10 goals better, Eric. 10 goals better next year than they were this year. So they allowed 54. And if they go allow 44, they would have a top 10 defense in Major League Soccer. I want you to understand that it's not that far away whenever you start bunching things together. They would be a top 10 defense in MLS. Or if, if we're looking strictly at goal differential, if you know other players besides Javier Chicharito Hernandez contribute 10 more goals, uh, where, do, where does that put them in the standings as far as goals for? Um, if they had 10 more, they'd have... 60. So that I think, okay, only New England would have had more than 60 goals per game this season. So maybe it's not the goals for isn't going to erase the difference. So you're right. The, the where it needs to improve is on the defensive end, you know, allowing 10 fewer goals. Uh, you know, they're it's, again, not that far away. But it's still it's still an area where they, they need to improve. It's it, they're, the, they're not there yet. It's the, not fixed yet. The goal differential in 2020 was minus 19 in a short season. Okay. Again, I just, I, I, I want to put yeah. this stuff so you can it's look at, it's embarrassing. When so you read yeah, those it, numbers. it is, but I'm also saying that it's not that hard to figure out that if you have a returning and listen, this is a big question and it's not a question I have an answer for. And it's not one that I, I think even Greg Vanny, but if you return a defense that understands what they're trying to do, um, with some cohesion, same people playing. And I know people are like, no, you got to get an all new defense. No, no, you don't. No, first of all, the contracts say, no, you don't, because that that's probably not going to happen. But you're going to have guys like Jalen Neal possibly coming up as well. So there's going to be this competition in there and you possibly might lose somebody like Dan Stairs. And we'll talk about that here in a second as well. But you can do things and shade things around where there's still some consistency in there. I think Derek Williams has shown enough that you're like, OK, so he's probably my starting I, center back next year. Who's he going to be paired with? I, he's not lights out and he doesn't make you feel. 100% comfortable, but out of all of the center backs we have, Derek, I feel the most comfortable with Derek Williams back there. And I, I like the point that you made with Jalen Neal. He was, again, I think people forget, he was signed to the first team yes. this season. And in the in the preseason, he was asked to fill in and kind of fill in some of those spot gaps. And I think his soccer mind is there. So I think that is, if we're looking into the future, that could be a center back of the future. And he kind of is filling in that former, you know, Dan Stairs, Dave Romney role where you're pulling in the guy from G2 to kind of fill that in, which is something the Galaxy have done in the past. So that kind of fits. So so I think I think that is an area where you can't say that consistency is coming. And and we've also had this conversation a bunch of times that people say, well, they, get, they need to fix the defense. They need to fix the defense. But at the same time, they've been trying to fix the defense. It just hasn't worked. They keep buying defenders. They keep bringing in defenders. They keep bringing in outside backs and center backs. This is, you know, so, so, so to say, Oh, they need to fix it. They, I think they've been trying to fix it. It just hasn't been working. So, so if you're saying they need to fix it, they are, they're, they're trying to fix it. It's just not working. They're swinging and missing. So I think that's the difference. If they're not bringing in center defenders and they're just sticking what they got and saying, you know, deal with it. I think that's a different conversation. But they are trying to bring guys in. They brought, brought Koulibaly in, and you know, after the, the season started, so they were making these moves. So they're trying. I think they're just they're swinging and missing. Yeah, I, I think there's some of that. Um, by the way, I was looking at the points. So if the Galaxy got 14 points better than 2020, if they get 14 points better this next season, again, that's asking a lot. 
All right. That's that's again, another four wins and two draws. Whenever you think about it, that's that's a significant amount. They would have won the Western Conference with that. So, yep. again, the number that's of huge. points is not that far whenever you start trying to look at where it is. And I listen, I, I, I agree with you. The L.A. Galaxy hit and missed all season and there was inconsistency. I'm just I, I would certainly say there was a consistency in effort. I know people will argue against that. I think they got their game plans wrong sometimes. And I think that that certainly held Greg Vanny was usually the first one to raise his hand whenever that would happen. Um, and say, hey, we got that wrong, and that's why we had to work so hard, and that's why we weren't in position to, to sort of do those different things. So um, I, you know, the the biggest deal for me in the defense looking forward for next year is what they're going to do in the midfield because the midfield has been horrible since uh, Nigel De Jong left. Would that be? That's fair. That's probably yeah, fair, right? I mean, Jonathan Dos Santos came in in 2017, right? We know that mm-hmm. Jonathan Dos Santos, and listen, nothing is for sure, but we are fairly certain the LA Galaxy and Jonathan Dos Santos are going to go their separate ways. Yeah, and and I think to your point, going back to when the Galaxy's midfield has been, you know, bad since Nigel De Young, I think I'm trying to think in my head who have been the midfielders that have been kind of holding it down in the middle. And when you're pining for Fabio Alvarez, and you're saying, "Wow, remember when you have Fabio Jermaine you know, Jones?" Wow. Yeah. Sure. Wow. Remember those days, you know, I thought he was fine, but when he's the, like when I'm thinking the Rolodex in my head, that's the name that stands out. That's, that's a bad sign. Chap- so you're, you're right. That, that improvement needs to come in the middle because you, you've been preaching this credit to you, but you've been preaching it all season. The defense doesn't necessarily need to improve with the defenders. It needs to improve with, you know, the midfielders who are going to cover. And I think, uh, what we've seen this season with Revelison and with, um, Dos Santos, I think they're redundant. I think they do the same thing. And so when they're on the field at the same time, they cancel each other out. They should. So I they think shouldn't be, what, by the way. Jonathan Dos Santos shouldn't, it should be a box-to-box guy, and Revelison should be not. less. But he's not. Exactly. He's I not. Mean, exactly. And Revelison also, you know, what he was doing at the beginning of the season, he also liked to – he ended up in the end of the season dribbling into a lot of feet, you know, and that's something that, you know, with, what that is a product of, I don't know if that's just something we didn't notice at the beginning or that's just who he is. But, you know, he didn't have that same spark later on in the season and for whatever reason. But him and Dos Santos, no one decided to be the attacking player. They both just kind of sat back. But neither of them was defensive either. Which is why Vasquez was so important, right? I mean, think about this. If you can get a 10 that will sit in front of Revelison and you just let Revelison be the six, um, even be an eight. I'll be fine with Revelison being an eight. That's where I picture him, yes. Behind a 10. Um, and by the way, I don't know if we need to say this, but I think we should because I don't want to be these guys who are like, oh, yeah, but like, you know, a six is a more defensive midfielder, right? So your your primary goal there is Nigel de Jong is a six, right? Perry Kitchen would have been a Perry six. Kitchen. I, right? I see that in the chat. That's that's yeah. a guy who sit back, a destroyer, break things up. People were Basically, so ready to ship him out. And he was a guy who you were like, that's somebody you can put minutes on in the center of the field and let him be a destroyer if you had a 10. Yeah. Well, and it's also, I'm also dating myself with how old we are. If you used to play the old formation where you'd have a stopper, where you'd have a guy in front of the Uh defense, that's what I think that's what Perry Kitchen did, essentially. I mean, you need a guy like that every once in a while. Ravellison is, can be that guy. We've seen him sit in there and it's great to have whenever you have that ability. But, you know, we're going to talk about Victor Vasquez because obviously he's on a list of, of people who possibly could not be coming back. And it's like, do you need him? Well, if you go out and get somebody who can fill a, a playmaking role, and I'm talking about big money DP 
signing here. This is not like, oh, this guy is yeah. good and he's on his way out. This is this guy still has many miles left in his legs and can play a 10 for 34 games and any competitions that you have. You need somebody like that. If you can put a 10 in there, then you don't have to rely on Victor Vasquez as much. Maybe he can be a spot player. Maybe you can sort of de-emphasize his role, which is something you're going to have to do with him and possibly Sasha Kleshin, and that's another person we can talk about as well. Let me get to the list because um, I, I want to do that, and that will help us talk about the other okay. stuff. Go ahead. So will we, will we revisit Victor Vasquez? Yes. Oh, yeah, just, yeah, 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 for okay. sure, for sure. We, okay. will, we will talk about that. So anyway, uh, yeah, the MLS Players Association surprised everybody sort of. I don't think they've done this before, but they put out um, some lists. Basically, they had two, 2022 free agents who are out of contract. So basically, people who are out of contract, uh, they will be free agents. They had a list of people from the LA Galaxy that included Jonathan Dos Santos and Sasha Kleshton. That was on the out of contract 2022 free agents list. OK, then there's the 2022 free agents who have have team options so the galaxy can pick up somebody's uh team options on this it was danilo acosta um let's see i'm trying to think oh o'neill fisher and i even printed them out um so that way i could read them because it's really hard to read on all of my uh all of my other things let's see uh and daniel stairs okay so those were the three there now what we were able to do is we put this information into our little spreadsheet then we figured out some other information and did some other things and crossed some T's and dotted some Y's. And we were able to get a list, what we believe is the list of players. And there's eight of them who are either out of contract or have an option year coming up. And it doesn't matter if they're free agents or not free agents. The, the uh, MLS players association was trying to show just the free agents. Well, there's guys on this list who are not just free agents. So here are the guys who we uh, know are either at a contract or have an option. Jonathan Dos Santos is out of contract. Victor Vasquez has an option at the end of this year. So the LA Galaxy can pick that up for the 2022 season. Daniel Steres has a club option. Uh, they can pick that up for the 2022 season. Sasha Kleshton is out of contract. O'Neill Fisher has an option. Danilo Acosta has an option. Augie Williams has an option. And Daniel Aguirre has an option. All right. By the way, Aguirre's uh, option, uh, Aguirre's contract is is crazy. It's uh, he has a guaranteed contract in 2021, and then he has three club options on that. Um, Jonathan Bond has two club options after I think three years or two years, and then two club options. But he has a contract for next year as well. So these are the list of players. And by the way, this is probably a pretty definitive list of the actual space that the LA Galaxy have in terms of the guys that they're going to have to make decisions on. I'll remind everybody there's 34 players on this roster right now. That includes people Gonzalez who still has a contract for next year. I know people still want to fall over there, grab their chest. I've known that for a really long time, so I'm not as uh, you know uh, upset about it. I think as some people are, um, but, but looking at this, uh, there are eight players on this. Um, there's eight possibilities for movement on this. And I look on some of these and I say, okay, there's some, there's some decisions to be made. If you look at the total guaranteed salary, guaranteed compensation for these, uh, it would be at $3.489 million. But $2 million of that is Jonathan Dos Santos as a designated player. And the rest of that, um, th there, was, there was something really interesting on this, Eric. If you notice um, on my charts, I have an MLS category. And that's how MLS categorizes players. So a TAM player, an international player, actually that's on the side, but you know, a young DP, yeah. a DP, that type of thing. Well, if you'll notice on all eight of these, the only, the only designation I have is Jonathan Dos Santos at the designated player. There are no TAM players that I have it's all right salary now. Cap. Mm -hmm. So it's all salary cap players. And that means also that more than likely the TAM funds, the LA galaxy are using right 
right now will be in use for next year as well. So if you're looking like, oh, well, let's pick up a good TAM player, things would have to move around probably in order for them to pick up some a TAM player of some sort because they're already being used on somebody else. So keep that in mind. So yeah, you're not talking giant expenditures here outside of the designated player spot. You're talking about salary cap guys, uh, bread and butter guys, guys who, who you, you sort of, you know, you, you expect to be there, but maybe not starters. I mean, look on that list again, lunchbox guys, right? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that what they call them? Yeah. <laughs> that's, I, I, I get it. Yeah. Like they, they work hard. They bring their lunchbox yeah. to work, work with them. Right. You know, the whole deal. Um, you, you look at this and there's eight players on here. You know, Victor Vasquez is a starter sometimes. Daniel Starez can be a starter sometimes, although certainly not at the end of the season. Sasha Kleshin is a sub. O'Neill Fisher is a sub. Danilo Acosta is a sub. Yeah. Augie Williams is a sub. Daniel Aguirre is a sub. These are not game changers. Um, outside of, by the way, I would say Sasha Kleshin, Victor Vasquez, and I should say Jonathan Dos Santos, but that hasn't been the case. Well, yeah. Are, are we voting people off the island yet? You can. Go for it. All right. All right. So Jonathan Dos Santos will start top of the list. I think that's a no-brainer. We've known this pretty much since, uh, you know, the, this season was coming unless he did something miraculous. I think we say via con Dios, you know, with the money that you're paying him and his contribution to the team, I think he's gone. And I think, you know, fans and, and people who have been following the team are okay with him walking away, uh, if not happy that he's walking away. So I think Jonathan Dos Santos, you're off the island. Uh, Victor Vasquez. So mm -hmm. going back to what you were saying. Um, you know, if he's in as an bench role, you know, maybe that's something that the galaxy can, can deal with at the beginning of the season when he was brought in, that's what a lot of people were saying. Well, you know, if he's not a DP, if he's coming off the bench, then maybe this is a good addition for the galaxy. But you look at his salary, you know, over $400,000 that goes towards the cap for someone who's a sometimes starter. And then you look at the games that he played and I love Victor Vasquez. He, I think has the best mi soccer mind on the team. He was able to put some pinpoint uh, passes in to, to the players, you know, you saw when it was on, it was on, but I just don't think, you know, for a sometime starter, you know, we, we said someone who was coming off the bench, that'd be great, but that's turned into something where we needed him to play more minutes. We needed him to be on the field more if the galaxy was going to reach their full potential potential. And he couldn't do that. And that's because, you know, of his age and, and where he was with injuries. I think he wasn't able to give you, you know, 34 games. He wasn't able to give you 90 minutes each time that he was out on the field. So he couldn't give you that, but that's what the galaxy needed. And he, he, since he's not able to deliver that, I think you have, you have to part ways and look for someone else who can fill that role. So to kill two birds with one stone, if you go over the DP who can be your playmaker and bring the same mind that Vasquez brings in, then I think, you know, we, we, we can be okay with him walking away. So it all depends on what the succession plan is, uh, you know, to get him going. Victor what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Victor Vasquez averaged about 48 minutes per game, by the way. So, Ugh. I mean, that's, wow. that's actually a lot whenever you consider that he was a guy that maybe that to, and he, he missed a lot of games. That's true. When you think about the average, 28 right. games played, Eric, it wasn't, he didn't miss that many games, 28 games played 21 starts. 17 times he got subbed off, right? 1,632, but he's averaging 48 minutes on a guy who is 34 years old, right? I mean, even, by the way, Sasha Kleshton is is another interesting one. If we drop down to, and, and we can come back to Daniel Starris, but Sasha Kleshton is really interesting. He's 36, right? I mean, he just yeah, turned 36 in September, right? So he will be 37 next September. Um, and here's the guy who has who had a one-year contract. He was sticking around. He was probably the lifeblood of this team down yeah. the stretch. And, you know, I, I have to look up his stats, too. But it would be very difficult for me to say, OK, 
I understand. You don't want to bring it. You, 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 maybe you want to move on from Victor Vasquez. Maybe you want to move on from Sasha Kleshen. Now replace those guys in the locker room and replace those guys yeah. on the field. And who are you going to get for that money to be able to find the, those guys again? Because you need those guys. You need something like those guys. So, you know, it's I, I know people always want to talk about the soccer field and it's the most important thing. And I will tell you that off the field and in the locker room can sometimes be more or or, or certainly equally as important uh, whenever well, we look at that. That's where, you, you know, I could end up sounding like a crazy person by saying you need, you need to get rid of Victor Vasquez, but you're going to hold on to a, a 38-year-old or a 37-year-old Sasha Kleshin by the time he comes around next season. I think if you – but with Sasha, I think you got what you expected. You knew he wasn't going to start all the games. You knew he was going to be coming in on a, a bench support role and to, you know, maybe close games out or play, you know, a, a, a less important role. And I think he filled that role perfectly this season. I think he did exactly what he was brought in to do. And so with that, I didn't do, have any problem do, with Cushing this season. Do you want I think his he stats? met the expectation. Do you want his yeah, stats? Yeah, go for it. Okay, 31 games played. Yeah, that's that's more than actually what I expected. Right. Okay, 13 yeah. starts. Okay, only got subbed that's off. That's about right. Only got yeah. subbed off eight times because he comes in the second half and doesn't doesn't get it. Uh, 1,394 minutes, so he averaged 41 minutes per game over 34 games. I just divided okay. by 34. Technically, it's higher than that because of the games he Got actually it. played. Okay. See, now it all it's all clicking on why those numbers are so low. Got it. Right? So, I mean, you're, you, you can sort of put... It's like it's like Chicharito, right? Yeah. I, we were sort of talking about him beforehand and just to sort of go sidetrack on it, it's like, okay, so if you get Chicharito around 2,000 minutes, right, which is right around 60 minutes a game, that's what you can expect. So for 34 games averaging 60 minutes a game, that's what you can expect from him. Now, what it should be is that he plays at 90 minutes and gets days off on occasion where he doesn't, have, you know, maybe he doesn't play the midweek games, but the LA Galaxy have to be good enough to not do that because you well, who's going to fill in those roles. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and Who so do you have otherwise who's the next man up. Otherwise, it's Chicharito and you're hoping he doesn't get injured. I mean, can you write And yeah. by the way, he has a contract for next year. He's not going anywhere. You want him to be back because he did have success scoring, but you're definitely worried about his durability. And so if you're Greg Vanny, you have to look at that and say, OK, if 2000 minutes is my cap, how do I manage him uh, in a way that that works for him and, and other people? So that was that was one of the things that you that you have to look at, um, you know, and all the these things. Yeah. The final thing I'll say with Kleshin, and I think we got a little bit of a hint of it with one of his post-game interviews where he talked about working with some of the academy boys, kind of getting into some of the coaching and picking Vanny's brain with some of those things. If you're bringing him back, you're basically bringing in an assistant coach who could be on the field sometimes. I think that's that's the role he fills. And so uh, from a soccer perspective, like on the field, strictly on the field, uh, you know, maybe it's time to let Kleshin go. You don't know if he... You know, what, what's the problem with with some of these contracts? Sometimes they look OK and on that year. And then you say, well, can you come back? Can they do it again? And they're another year older, more miles, you know, more stress. And, and they can't duplicate that. So do you bring him back and risk him not being able to do it again? Right. Um, you know, probably not. But if you know you're getting that assistant coach, you're getting that person who's going to have some of those intangible things that the Galaxy really needed this season. Um, but it's, it's unfortunate because they missed the playoffs. They maybe didn't you know, get tucked into it. Or maybe, you know, this was that, that slap in the face that some of them needed to see maybe whatever, you know, question was doing didn't land. Um, but, but that's, that's where it gets into the wishy-washy territory. Can I make, he is making, he's making less money than Vasquez taking up less. Can I make uh, you a deal? Can I make yeah, you a deal on question? Okay, yeah, go for it. I'm going to make you a deal on question. Let's bring him his, his guaranteed compensation for this year was $250,000 rounded up. Okay. $250,000. What if I told you that you could pay Sasha question, a hundred and twenty five, hundred and thirty thousand dollars. 
That's what I mean. I don't know what the assistants mean. I'm assuming it's in that neighborhood. Hold, hold on. So it's, I, you're bringing on an assistant coach but who I, can give you minutes. I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to make it better. In MLS, there's a rule. You can have a player coach. They've had them before. But there's a rule that says that the coaching duties can't account for more than 50% of the salary. So you can pay him $150,000 or $130,000 and then pay him as a coach whenever you realize that he has coaching duties as well. So now for $150,000, are you going to bring Sasha Kluster back? Yes. Okay. So, I mean. For that price and for what you get off the field. Yes. Absolutely. And that's why it could make sense. I mean, here's the thing with Victor Vasquez is that him him and Greg Vanny, are looking at are are the same person. So you have Victor Vasquez on the field who basically knows everything that Greg Vanny is trying to do with things. Yeah. And is that worth $440,000? I also want to say that out loud <laughs> that wanting to keep Sasha collection at 150 and wanting to get rid of Victor Vasquez. I am fully aware Victor Vasquez can brings you a lot more on the soccer field, brings you better touch, brings you, you know, more, you know, cohesion in the midfield. And, and yes, I, I, I want to just say that out loud that I'm not saying the question is worth keeping because he's a better player than Vasquez. 36 year old Sasha question. It's not, it's not the fact 36 year old, 36 year old Sasha question, 34 year old Victor Vasquez. These are the decisions that have to be made. Daniel stair is 31 years old. Um, listen, I think the LA galaxy might be able to, if I'm them, I exercise the option. Now here's the thing I'm going to tell you. Um, I had heard that Daniel stair has had a contract for next season. So the galaxy could have already picked up his option for this next season and at, you know, almost $400,000, that's expensive if you're not going to start the guy. Um, but I right. will, I will say this as well. I wouldn't be surprised if the LA galaxy pick up his option and then trade him somewhere to try to get value out of him in, in some other way. Um, and so just sort of keep that in mind as you're going for this. I don't have any inside information on this. I'm just saying that if that's true, I'm trying to figure out sort of what they're, it, it feels like Greg Vanny has moved away from Dan stairs. And if that's the case, then there's no point in keeping somebody who has $440,000 and you have an option on him. Now, the only thing is that somebody in this league wants a 31 year old American center back. Uh, he'll probably go to Nashville and be on the league's was, best defense next gonna, to Dave Romney um, and, and Walker Zimmerman. I was going to say, there's a guy, you know, who plays in New England who, you know, maybe is familiar with downstairs uh, and, and maybe a supporter shield winning team could use uh, the veteran experience of Daniel stairs. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll go to Nashville and then Nashville's in the Western Conference next year. So you get to face <laughs> Dave Romney and Dan stairs. So oh, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> wonderful. Um, So that's it. O'Neill Fisher. I mean, listen, so, l- let yeah. me let me go back to Dan stairs. So with that, I, th- I think the most important thing there is you're right. What what's the end goal with Dan stairs? Because I would have him. I'd love to bring him back because what was, what was I saying? The problem was in the defense consistency. You know, it was always different. You weren't sure what you were getting. Daniel stairs has been with the club a long time. He's going to, you know, he's been a good steward of the club. He's been, you know, follows directions, does what you want him to do. And so I think, yeah, you, you want to bring him back in, but then you look at the price and you say, well, if he's not going to be starting and he's going to take up, you know, that much of the salary cap, is this the best move for him? So maybe it's in his best interest to go look and to be a starter at a different club if that's you know going to be an option for him. So to come back and to be you know a super sub or to fill in a spot gap, you know, maybe that's not where we need him right now. So if the end goal with Dan Stairs, if he's not going to be the starting center back, then you know what are, what what's 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 the purpose here? What what are we trying to do? So that that's the only question that I have. I'd love to have him back, but again, at that price and if he's not going to be the starter then that that's that's not what we need. It, it, you know, I, I'm just looking at all the defenders on the list as well. Julian Araujo, there's questions marks about whether he'll be back next year. For right now, I think he will be. I'm actually I've I've softened a little bit and it's not because he hasn't been outstanding. I'm just I'm just waiting to see 
if, if it's going to happen, it might happen in the summer and it might not happen in the winter. And I'm trying to sort of gauge those things uh, between I've, themselves. I've also gotten colder on, on Julian Araujo. And I think Ke- Kevin kind of summed up my, my feelings as well on Monday that we thought this guy was a shoe in for Europe. And I think he's in goal. He will be in Europe, you know, sooner than later. But at the same time, I think he probably does have another possibly another season with the LA galaxy because I, I don't, I don't think he's, he's fully developed yet. And I think if you do send him, is he's going to go to a team where he's going to ride the bench? Is he going to go to a team where they put him out on loan or do you keep him at home? And he has developed over the past few seasons. So you can, you know, I think the expectation is fair that he can stay here and can develop even more with his time here at the galaxy. Sega cool is in there. Obviously O'Neill Fisher. Um, I don't think he comes back. I, I, I it'll, de- it'll have to depend on, what they think they're doing with Araujo, right? Because if Araujo is going to yeah. play, then you need somebody like O'Neill Fisher to back up and play the the quote unquote garbage minutes that Araujo doesn't get, right? Because yeah. he's going to be your starter. He's going to play 34 games. That's the idea. Um, or you go out and find somebody else. Danilo Acosta is a defender. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Neal is a defender. Marcus Fercranis is a defender, right? You're talking about center backs and yeah. that they can come in here. So that's why it starts to feel like Dan Stares is, 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 uh, is I was going to say super, superfluous. Uh, to, yeah, we'll just, we'll just pretend that well, I know what and, that and, word. And it's also as, as fans of big Dan stairs on this show, I think it's f- what's best for him. He's been, he's been, uh, I'm not gonna say jerked around, but he's just kind of been left on, uh, uh left on the back burner when, you know, called up, uh, as that late night booty call when you need him, you know, he deserves to have someone put the ring on it. And so, you know, I think it's in his best interest Dave, to end up Dave somewhere Rom- where he's Dave Romney found his forever home. You know, he, <laughs> there he, you go. he was also uh, the booty call and, and Romney now uh, there as well. So Sasha question but, is that is another O'Neill Fisher is a question mark Danilo Acosta. I mean, the problem is Acosta hasn't played. Now, do you want to you want to hear something that's crazy? How old do you think Danilo Acosta is? Well, I'm looking at the, the that, chart. Says oh, darn, I gave it to you. That's right. <laughs> I okay. would have guessed like 2021, though. Oh, I thought he, he was, was a little bit younger. I thought he was older. So, I mean, that's, okay. that's sort of where but I was he, at. I know he's been around a long time. Yeah, because he's been with Orlando. He's been with, was he with RSL? Was that correct? Uh, Yes, he Maybe was with, the, I think, okay. RSL. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I think we, I haven't seen enough of him, and I'd like to see more of him. So I think with Acosta, I would keep uh, Fisher. I think I've seen enough what I needed to see. Uh, from Fisher, I, I don't think he, I don't think he brought, he, I don't think he brought more to this club. I think he, 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 he was more of an, a liability than he was a help to the team. Right. And I think you could find guys on the waiver wire. You can call up guys from G2 who are going to give you the same thing or better. Because I think what, what Fisher brought w- was mediocre at best, you know, when he was at his best and you didn't use him a lot anyway. So you can, I think you can fill that spot. So unfortunately I, I, I would let go of Fisher. it's it's fine. I mean, I'm not certainly not going to argue against watching his, his last performances, that type of thing. Um, doesn't, doesn't really make me want to argue for him, um, in any particular way. You know, the other thing is Hamelinen, uh, is on a loan and you would expect that loan to be done this year. And he goes back. So, so, so you have a left back issue again, Jorge Villafania was your left back and probably the best defensive left back the galaxy had. Um, he also got up and down the, the, the left side a lot more than I ever gave him credit for. So he was, I was going to say, don't, don't sell that short. He did, he did his job just fine getting up and, and putting in those crosses when he, when he needed to. And I, I was trying to just sort of look through here and, but he's at 486, I mean, $500,000. Again, uh, you're looking at a guy who doesn't take up an international spot, right? Um, it domestics, a domestic defender costs yeah. a lot of money. I think that that's something that everybody should keep in mind. If you look at Dan stairs, you look at the guys who are the domestic, uh, defenders. That's sort of where it goes. Here's, here, here's I'm, I'm just, I'm still upset that I didn't get to be, Jorge Villafania's neighbor. Yeah. So, it's, so close. It still well, bumps me well, out. You I moved. was so close. Well, you yeah, moved. I know. I know. So, I know. 
really disappointed me, but oh well. I, I, I think he's similar to Chicharito in the regard when he's on the field, he delivered. And so for that, you give him the chance and, and you, you want him back on the field. But it just the issue was staying on the field for the for the can, for the can long I, part of the season. I want to make an argument for for Nico Hamelinen, and because I see everybody trashing him in here, right? And mm-hmm. I I agree up to a certain point. I agree, but I want to make an argument for him. If you're Greg Vanny and you find three center backs that you really like, okay, and you want to start playing a three man back line, and you want to and you want some wing backs, right? Well, you couldn't really do better, quite honestly. And I'll say this: Hamelinen was was decent enough going forward that he is somebody who you would put in that formation who can still play yeah. some defense, right? You don't have to just sell out offense. It's like Julian Araujo is probably a better wing back, quite honestly, than he is just a right back. I agree, hundred um, percent. Yeah, so, I think I think if you have Stairs, Kulabali, and Williams back there, then yeah, Hamelinen. There's a place. For Hamelin and, and and even Valafania on that team because you know when you shift I think Julian Araujo essentially becomes becomes a winger because now you can shift you know kind of shift your defense and and get the four in the back if you need it uh, so yeah I agree with you I think if depending on what Vanny plans to do moving forward Hamelin I liked what he brought going forward right uh, defensively was what the where the issues were exactly and so you can't yeah. put but you knew, again it's like it's almost like sometimes and Bruce was really good at this right Bruce knew what he was going to get from certain people and then he would plan around that whenever it would be a problem yeah. and so with Hamelin and if you put him in a five-man back line or if you put him in that sort of wing back and push him up into the midfield he's not responsible defensively as much as he would be if he was out on the side and so you could put him in that but that's a spot situation uh, I would yeah. like to point out that we do not no, um, we do not know the terms of the QPR loan. That was kept secret. Um, I think QPR asked to keep it secret. I don't know why, um, but that was... It, I think Dennis it, mentioned that at the live show that they, he was not allowed to disclose yeah. what those terms were. Right, right. And so, um, which is weird. I, I've actually gotten terms on most guys. I've been trying to go through. By the way, I could just flat out ask players what their contract status is like, and, and go. because. And I'm like, isn't this weird that I have to ask you this? I go, but they don't give us this information. A lot of times they're starting to now. Um, so I was able to go back to press releases and grab a whole bunch of this as well. Uh, I found something interesting, though, and I asked you this so you don't get a guess. But I said, OK, so what's the average age of this roster? There's 34 players on this roster. Um, that's four more than technically you're supposed to have. But there's loans down, which sort of uh, made that happen. They have 10 internationals, but there was loans down and loans out um, that allowed them to be compliant with the eight spots that they had, that type of thing. Um, so you look at this and I said, what was the average age? And your first guess was like 27 for a second. 27. Yeah, so yeah. My, my brain went Sasha Kleshin, Victor Vasquez, Chicharito, you know, Sebastian Legette. I was going, oh, 27. And then I thought, cause I, I followed up pretty quickly before you corrected me and gave me the answers. I said, wait, we, we have, you know, the Jalen Neal's, the Adam Saldana's, Julian Arajo's. So it's going to skew lower. Kevin Cabral is still young. So then I said 24. So mm-hmm. what's the correct answer? The the correct answer is basically 25. It's 24.97 yeah. is the average age of the LA Galaxy. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, the median, by the way, is 24, just in case you wanted to know what the median um, age is. So 24 years old is the median age. Uh, there are only two players, by the way, who are actually at the average, right? So 25. Um, basically I rounded up 24.97 to 25, right? Oh, I think we can all understand that. So there's only two players who are 25 years of old age. And I asked you who they are, who they were. And, it, and in fact, it was funny because you said, oh, well, there's nobody even who's even 25. There's nobody like yeah. how many people are 25 on the team? I'm like, well, yeah, the, the question was, who do we have that's in their prime? And I think oh, that I have, was the, yeah. that was a, a separate conversation. That was, as what I, is a, what is a player's prime? I, so if you want to, I, I, I will get to start, that. Yeah. Start, start sharing. What's the player's prime? Start in the guessing. Chat. Drop it in. What are the, what's the age range? 
only two players who are 25. So technically at the average age, that's uh, Samuel Grancier and Sega Koulibaly are both 25 years old, at least for the time being, as I did this today. Uh, there are five players who are 24 years old. Again, we talk about the median. That makes sense. Five players at 24 years old. Um, there are seven players that are 30 or older currently on this roster. Seven. There are 15 players who are 23 or younger on the roster. I want everybody to just understand how much of a gigantic shift that is. And, um, and the chasm in between the, the, the fact that there's not uh, there's no bridge. It's, right. it's either, well, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, bottle feeding my kids or I'm still, you know, drinking out of the bottle here at home. So, you know, there, there's not a lot of middle ground. I'm feeling 22. Feel the burn. Scott <laughs> just keeps putting, putting uh, the lyrics up there. And I'm like, I just want to sing. Um, so we talked about it. And so I was sort of saying, okay, so what is considered prime? Right. And I think we could, I think you're going to get a bunch of different answers in this, right? Yeah. Um, 26, 27, 24 to 27, saying, yeah. right, that type of thing. Okay. So we basically did 25 to 28, right? Mm -hmm. So if you do that, there are just five players who are technically, um, in their prime. And obviously you have the two grand here and Koulibaly, um, are in their prime. Uh, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to go through all these real Williams, quick because I didn't write it down. Yeah. It's on the higher end of it. 28, you yep. know, we, Nick DePew, uh, you know, Jonathan Bond, Sebastian Legit, maybe a little bit past past prime. And I think and I think that's kind of where we were starting to decide. Maybe, you know, some people can have extended primes and obviously this is different for every player. But I think generally speaking, 28, 29 is maybe the other side of the mountain. Jo Jonathan Bond can be in his prime for the next 10 years as a yeah. goalkeeper, well, right? I mean, goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? Fabian Barthez. Didn't he play till he was like, you know, 41, 42, yeah, you, 43. You, yeah. You can, yeah. you can get up there as a goalkeeper. And by the way, I would say that if you look at Jonathan Bond, he is extremely happy to be in Southern California right now. I don't know if that changes if the galaxy suddenly tank next year, which by the way, history shows us at least recent history that that's what happens next year is that they tank. They don't get better. They don't continue the improvement, which is crazy to think about because I feel like we're mostly sitting here saying there were improvements this year and we're expecting improvements next year, right? The only problem is next year is that it's not just make the playoffs next year. It's be competitive for an MLS cup. You had your one year it's, now be competitive, this, be a top three. If, if you are saying this was a rebuilding year, we brought in uh, 15 new players, 17 new players. How many new players did we bring in? We brought in a lot of 17, new players, 17, 17, but I've seen 15 as well. I haven't done the full count. But okay. Yeah. We brought in 17 new players. That's, you know, a, a whole squad that you can suit up on game day, nearly a whole squad there. So this is your rebuilding year next year. You're not going to bring in 17 new players and it's not going to be rebuilding. So you're right. You can't say, Oh, you know, they're still learning Vanny system. All these, you know, a lot of new players. That's that, that's not going to fly next year. So next year, I think making the playoffs is, has to be an absolute, given as an expectation, uh, given one, given how close they were this season and two being at Vanny's second year and the number of players, there's just not going to be as much of, of a turnaround. So, uh, you know, the expectations will be much higher next season. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, um, when you look at, I, I, I will say this, I believe that the galaxy just in terms of their overall age, if you give everybody a year older, everybody gets a year older next year and you get a little bit more experience. You get guys like, uh, Jovalich, who's, you know, who's young, um, you give him time and I will continue to beat on this until they actually listen to me. Um, and hopefully galaxy players are listening. Hopefully there's at least one who can pass this along that if I am, you know, uh, Dayan Jovalich and I am Kevin Cabral, uh, I take my time off because I need some time off. Everybody needs a break. Take a little blow. You're like, okay, I'm good. I feel better. Stretch it out a little bit. And then you pack all your stuff in your backpack 
and you go over to Chicharito's house and you knock nicely on the door and you say, hey, I'm here to move in for the entire uh, <laughs> entire preseason and I want to train with you every single day. That's all I want to do because I, I feel this very sincerely is that I don't know that anybody worked harder in the offseason than, than Javier Chicharito Hernandez and it right. showed on the field. Um, there's, so there's something that, there. That That's a perfect, we were all, you know, I think we were making video montages, you know, before the season of him working out and it almost became almost like a joke. You know, he's running, uh, you know, on, on the Canyon running by the Hollywood sign, you know, doing sit-ups and everyone's like, okay, relax, Chicharito. He was really kind of going out of his way and almost doing, being performative in the work that he was putting in, in the off season. But the proof was in the pudding. You know, he delivered this season. He scored a lot of goals. He got off to a ridiculously hot start. So I'm a hundred percent with you that if, uh, you know, <laughs> Cabral and, and Jovalich go and if, if they don't say they're, if they're moving in and I'm training with you, say, can you give me the number of the people that you use? You know, give me your chef, give me your, your trainer, you know, and I, I want to get on the same regiment. I think they need a similar style. We've, you know, we've torn it down to the ground. So now we need to build it back up because I know, I know we hated on Cabral. I hated on Cabral, you know, that I, I even, you know, my, I was speaking with my dad via text and I was like, you know, I think, I think my six year old son, can kick the ball just as hard as Kevin Cabral. I think there's, there's something that shot power just for some reason it's not there, but there are other elements that it's there. It's there. I see flashes. There's something in there. Just like with Chicharito, we know he had a terrible 2020, but there's something in there. There's a goal scorer in there. And we saw it. We saw the, the, the instincts in front of goal, you know, it's in there. And so I think the same thing with Jovalich, you know, the, the results didn't happen this season, but there's something in there that can be unlocked. So they do need a break. They do need, but they also need to, put in a lot of work in the off season. If they're, if they're going to fill, fill in those shoes that they frankly didn't fill in this year. You said shoes, Eric. Good job. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank All right. little You're segue welcome. here. Uh, the LA galaxy obviously had this uh, collaboration with uh, Adidas for the gazelles, the, uh, the galaxy gazelles. Um, there was a network drop. If you tried to do any of that, um, basically they had signed ones by Kobe Jones. Uh, they had the friends and family one, which is the alternate colorway, which by the way, I do not have a single like, promo picture of the friends and family one. I've seen them in other places, but I have like over a gigabyte of pictures. The galaxy sent me on these. And the only picture I have is F Ryan Alvarez showing up <laughs> in them, which is why he's the only player you see in there in the, in the friends and family. Cause I think that's actually the best colorway um, of no, the two. I disagree. Okay. I, th I think it's, it's unique and it's nice that it ties to those original teal colors, but the classic blue and white gazelles, I mean, it just, it's perfection. It, I mean, perfection. these, these are, and I've had a, I had pairs of gazelles over yep. and all that stuff. So, I've, um, I've ruined a lot of suede on some gazelles in my, uh, junior high days. Uh, so the, uh, so the shoe, I mean, I think the shoe looks great. The, the whole deal, my, my reason for talking about it, one is it drops, I think on Friday, um, actually it may drop at the LA team store. I think people were saying that they were even going to line yeah. up and that type of thing. So, um, you can team store, uh, it should be, I think they're going to be available on fanatics there's some other places that you can go around and they should have these shoes. And so it should, they're not super limited like the network drop was, which uh, sold out in three minutes. I think I, I told you, yeah. and they were charging $200 for the friends and family and $150 for the, for the other ones. And they should be around a hundred bucks, I believe for uh, the galaxy gazelles. Now I don't think that the friends and family are available anywhere. Um, at least not right now. The drop that I'm hearing right now is just this classic colorway. Uh, the classic gazelle. It says galaxy on it. There's some really nice details on it. It looks really good. Now, here is here's the thing um, that I see people complaining about. And they're saying, oh, well, you're trying to offer us a nice shiny object while you miss the playoffs. 
Um, you're trying to give us these shoes to make us forget about it. Uh, number one, let me be very clear, and I think we've been clear about this already before, Eric, which is you are allowed to vote with whatever means you have. If you want to go on Twitter and you want to say, hey, you should fire Chris Klein because of all these reasons, then you can do that and you have the right to do that. Um, if you want to vote with your wallet and say, I'm not going to renew my season tickets. If you want to renew your season tickets, but complain about the LA Galaxy missing the play, you're allowed to do that too. Those are all perfectly reasonable things to do. If you want to complain about the front office and go buy these Galaxy Gazelles, you're allowed to do that. Right. If you don't want to buy them because you're trying to teach them a lesson, you're allowed to do that as well. All right. So all of those <laughs> things are allowed. I'm not gatekeeping here. All right. And I, and I think people should stop trying to gatekeep that stuff as well. But I'll also say the Galaxy did not decide on Monday morning that they were going to release these shoes. <laughs> the, the, you know, they didn't, you that's, know, that's the biggest the like, and say, how can we design these and figure that? No, this has been something that was in the works. And I would imagine that they thought we're going to make the playoffs and we're going to push for these shoes and it's going to be part of our marketing campaign, get everyone hyped up and excited, getting them to the stadium, getting kind of that camaraderie going. I think, can I you, think that's where they thought this was going. Can and you imagine land. having a home playoff game showing up in your new galaxy gazelles? Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's where this should have been going. And by the way, yeah. LAFC has an Adidas shoe that was launching as well. At the same time, it launched at the similar time. They also thought they were going to be in the playoffs in order yeah. to be able to wear these shoes and do it. Well, yeah. They, they had moments that they they were I think it was more of a fair expectation to say that they were going to miss the playoffs. But when this was probably planned, Tw which was probably 12 months, 18 months ago, yeah, I was going to yeah, say it's a long 18 time, 18 months ago. Yeah, that, that, that would work. Someone uh, <laughs> no name just said, when are the Galaxy Crocs dropping? Yes. And I am all about the Galaxy Crocs. If those ever come out, I know some people sell the little gibbets right. that go on there. Uh, and I was going somewhere with that and I got distracted by Galaxy Crocs. <laughs> but um uh, yeah, where was I going with? I don't Dang know. It. I don't Dang know. it, no name. You got me. Yeah, you got that was me. it. That was it. That was, oh, you, oh, here's my, here's yeah. my issue. Here, if, if you're going to have an issue with the Galaxy shoes, here's my issue. Um, the New York Red Bulls, as a season ticket member gift, gave their fans a custom Adidas shoe with the Red Bulls logo, and that was the season ticket member gift. I think this is something I've, no, I've taken season ticket member surveys, and I know this is something that fans wanted. They've wanted a Galaxy-specific shoe. And this is something that has been in the works. If you are having trouble selling season ticket memberships, you are, which they are, you, if you want to entice people to buy tickets, having this as the season ticket member gift would be a home run knock out of the park because you are appeasing the people who are giving money to the club directly. You are giving them that benefit. You are giving them something special for it. And you know, it's, it's part of that gift. There's someone, there's people who spend between $300 and then depending on how many people they have in their family, maybe they're spending upwards of 2000, 5,000, $10,000 10, yeah, a season, $10,000 a season, you know, what's a pair of shoes to, for, for, for your, for your guests. So I think that's where the miss is to me. This is something that would have been a great opportunity as a season ticket member gift instead of a t-shirt or a hat, you know, love the t-shirt, love the hat. But a pair well, of shoes, the flip-flops, the, flip yeah. the speaker that didn't really work, the earbuds that yeah. didn't really speaker, work. Although. The speaker literally that broke the second day I had it. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's JBL audio or whatever that was. J labs. I would think. It, yeah. Don't, 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 don't impugn somebody <laughs> on here. That's going to, I'm sure they were going to be a sponsor and now they're not going to be. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Eric. So yeah. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, don't, don't. Hey, hey, uh, J lab audio. Don't send me another pair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't Please. want, I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's sort of the whole idea. Again, I am a hundred percent behind anybody who wants to protest with their wallet. I think it's a great way to do it. Go do it. Um, so, you know, you can you can go do that however you want. 
I just there there's there's uh, there's something missing in in all of this. I think the shoes look great. Um, I have no issue with the shoes and how they look and the details on them and everything else that are sort of there. Um, and so I'm I'm 100 percent in terms of the design of those shoes and how they've sort of been rolled out. I think they look great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those. By the way, uh, Vera says, how about how about a Bond goalkeeper's jersey? I mean, I can't I, I, I want to be very That's clear a with you. Conversation. I, I want to be very clear with you. I have had this discussion with with Jonathan a couple times about like, how can I help you to get this done? Like, how can we push this? Because I know people want it. And the worst part about it is, you know, Jonathan Bond wants it for for people, too, because yeah. it's everybody's dream to see your shirt. You're on somebody people wearing it in the stadium. They're, yeah. they're pointing to it whenever you come out like, I love you, man. Like that's a, that is a dream. And they're depriving him of that dream right now. And it's bizarre because I know they sold goalkeeper kits. That's something that they used to do. I know when David Bingham was the the keeper, they sold, you know, the pink and the blue and the black. They had those different versions so they can do it. And then now all you need to do is just make sure that the team store can press a name on there. So I, I don't think you're, they're that far away. It's just a matter I'm, of. I'm hoping of they correct it next year. Again, yeah. a, a new uh, home kit next year as well. So we've heard some yeah. some things. I think I've heard heard no sash. Uh, the sash is going away, but there are some some patterns out there from Adidas that possibly will will look like what the LA Galaxy sort of pattern is going to be. I think that's and, it. And and then the one last thing that I'll that I'll mention is I also see some things in the chat. Well, you know, forget about the shoes. Let's win. You know, you, let's not worry about how stylish we're going to look. You know, it should be on the field only. If if you only care about the 90 minutes on the field and that's all you care about is those minutes and you don't care about the LA Galaxy, anything outside of that, you know, more, more power to you, but you know, this, it's a totally different conversation. You can still want to win and also still want to have good looking shoes and good looking kits well, cool and stuff. make sure that you're and, and stuff that like, it's okay. It's okay to want <laughs> the shoes and the, to make, Hey, this is, this is stylish. This looks great. I, I can represent my club on my feet. The, you know, that, that was the one thing I was missing. I got the underwear, I got the socks, I got the shirt, you know, I, I didn't have the shoes. And so now I have that final that final Tetris piece that I, I can slide in there. So it's okay. We can, we can like shoes. We can like the jerseys and still want to win. You know, it's, it's, it's not just the 90 minutes. Yes, we want them to win in those 90 minutes, but supporting a club is everything else that goes on top of that as well. It's being a part of the supporters groups. It's going to the meetups. It's making podcasts. It's all, you know, it's all those other things that go around it as well. It's not just, yes, we want to win, but it, there's, there's other elements of the club as well. I'm going to, I'm going to say something that's going to blow your mind might blow everybody's mind in the chat room as well. Um, this can still be fun. All right. And I know it, I know it <laughs> didn't end. Fun, yeah. I, I know, I know it didn't end the way that you thought it was. I didn't end the way I thought it was going. I thought I'd still be covering soccer. I told my wife, I'm like, haha. Cause she was sort of like, I could be done with this season. Cause obviously it takes me away from my family. Uh, you know, I don't know to spend. So she ends up having to watch a kid a lot. So I understand that and I get it. And she's amazing. She lets me do it. She goes, but you know, I could be over with this. I could be, have this season. I'm like, Nope, not going to happen. <laughs> they're going to the playoffs. You know, Hey, it may only be uh, one or two games, but it, they're going to the playoffs. So the whole deal. And I'm surprised as well, but it can be fun. It can be fun and and remember to have fun. And I know, guess what? I remember 2009. Um, I remember 2008. Um, I remember, you know, going and getting close. By the way, I don't know that there's a worse feeling in the world than getting to an MLS Cup and then missing it um, and then not it's, winning. I, I, I will say that. Here, here's everyone's favorite part when we compare ourselves to professional athletes. Yes. Making it to a final and losing is worse than missing out on the playoffs. I, I can tell you that because you, you're right there. You can taste it. You can smell it. And to have that taken away from you, that hurt is so much worse than just saying, eh, we, we missed the line. We didn't have a chance. We're done. 
like you're over it, you know, go golfing the next week later. Yeah, it stings. But when you're right there, you can see it. You can taste it. That hurt is so much more. 2000, so, 2011. Yeah. 2011 yeah. was a release of energy that has that had been building up since 2009. Whenever they missed out 2010, win a supporter shield and then crash out of the playoffs. 2011, <laughs> win an MLS cup, not satisfied. 2012, win an MLS cup, not satisfied. 2013, got a little tired. You could tell 2014. That's the one that they wanted. Um, that was the that was the last time you know you really remember these teams. And by the way, Bruce Arena had 2015 and 2016. Neither of those teams look like championship teams. Um, just in, in, in the way it goes. But you look at the difference between 2015 and 2016 is the Galaxy closed their eyes and made the playoffs. Um, it wasn't it wasn't a question mark. And Bruce for for Bruce it was never a question mark. That's how it was going to go. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at what happened in 2017, and that completely went away. Remember. Uh, that I think Chris Klein took over in 2014, if I remember correctly. Um, so for the last championship the LA Galaxy had, I believe he was president at that time with Bruce in there and, and doing stuff, if, okay. if I remember correctly. Um, and then so, um, you know, get 2014, 2015, 2016. 2017 was a huge shift for a club that had usually gone out and tried to make big splashes. And, and it was stuff a like philosophy. That. It was a philosophy change that we're, had, we're glad that they they reverted out away from yeah they pivoted away from it yeah but let's be clear the injuries from 2017 are st were st are still being felt um yeah. throughout you know even 2021 and possibly into 2022 so um yeah it's it's a difficult one to sort of uh swallow this year uh there's a lot of roster things that are going to change there's a lot of question marks there's going to be the eight players that we talked about tonight and then there's probably going to be other stuff that is also going to happen in and out. We'll start to talk about, you know, designated players and rumors and all that sort of things as they sort of go around. I think the first thing that's going to happen for everybody is we're going to find out whether or not Dennis DeClosa is staying. Um, I would imagine we talked about it on a Monday. I would imagine next week we probably have a resolution to that. If it's not public knowledge, uh, it will be private knowledge that uh, that it has happened, whatever's going to happen, whether he's going to stay, whether he's going to go, that type of thing. And so we will... We will keep looking um, and, and sort of tracking that down. But that's going to be the first thing. Then the question is, what did the LA Galaxy do? Do they go out and get another general manager? Well, and and the question is, with these options, has, has, does Dennis or have his mind made up on these options? And does the club go with that? Or, you know, if he is stepping away or, or there, whatever is happening happens, uh, you know, is, is are they bringing someone else in? Or who's making those decisions? Is Klein making those decisions? Uh, you know, is Vanny making those decisions? So uh, it just opens up those questions a little bit more. As far as, as what exactly is uh, is going on behind the scenes, so you know we're already there. We're already there in the off season. You know, thinking about what the, what next steps are. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, there should be an off season schedule that comes out here pretty soon. Uh, the Galaxy will have to sort of announce their option declines and their option pickups and sort of the out of contract players. We're starting to know some of them already, but uh, the Galaxy will do that. Uh, we are expecting the Galaxy are putting together a call possibly next week. I think. Um, where uh, we'll get to do some end of season stuff and talk to some of the guys at the end of the season. There's a large mm -hmm. list whenever I looked at the list of people who were requested. So um, I would think that there's like 10 or 12 people on that list uh, off the top of my head. And then aren't there exit interviews as well? Don't they usually That's, go in, clean out their lockers? and? So that'll be with Greg, um, yeah. and we'll we'll hear about that. It'll be with Greg and whoever the GM is or with Dennis if he's there, however that ends up. But they'll sort of, they're doing, but by the way, that those interviews and those ideas of what's happening this season have probably already started. 
um, yeah. in some of that stuff. But yeah, I would expect next week they're out of training, that they're not training anymore. I think that's my expectation. We'll see if that sort of plays out. But we are expecting uh, it used to be exit interview, interviews for the press was we would go stand outside the locker room. And as the guys right. would clean up, they would come out with their bag of stuff in there and they would stop and talk to us for like three or four minutes and then we'd let them go. And so you could basically talk to everybody as they came out. Um, and do that. We're not going to get that opportunity. So um, you would have to imagine that we're going to get some, but not everybody. And I think if I looked at who the media has requested so far, there's a lot of focus on guys who have question marks about next year, right? Jonathan Dos Santos is on that list. Victor Vasquez is on the list. Sasha Kleshin is on the list. Even Sebastian Legette, even though he has a contract into 2023. Um, so there's guys who you're going to question. You think, think they're hinting at a farewell tour? Is that the... That the to say their goodbyes. What and is for, that generally for, protocol? For is that why they have what those players or no? Have, I mean, we 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 make those requests, so that's the media request. Correct. So it's just us sort of saying who has question marks about next year. But I think if they if they don't put those players forward, that also says a lot. Also, yeah, I mean, if that if that's someone who's heavily requested and it's not a we'll we'll see you know, we'll see how it goes it's that, zoom and so it's sort of like how can you fit everybody in you know i imagine yeah. some of these guys are going to like zoom from home and you know it's going to be one of those because they're they're basically going to be done at the stadium so we'll zoom for yeah. home we'll try to figure it out and then we'll have uh, a much of, as much of that as we can um we'll try to get some interviews lined up as well coming up in the next couple of weeks from players from coaches that type of thing before they all break and take off for a little while because that is definitely going to happen but i'm hoping that greg Vinny can uh, can come on the show and talk to us for a little bit and that would be uh, be a good uh, sort of way to wrap up some things at the end of the year and ask him all the questions we want to see so uh, we'll see how that goes so that's sort of the the plan right now we're still planning on doing two shows a week we'll see if that I, Kevin asked about Monday because he's traveling with US men's national team trying to cover their qualifiers and stuff like he's like well I'll be in Jamaica he goes but I'll be I'll be available I'm like I don't know if there's gonna be anything to talk about because it's just Thursday and then there's a weekend which is an international break and so there's not even gonna yeah. be a lot of MLS stuff <laughs> so we'll see what happens on Monday but for right now Monday planning on having a show we'll see if that continues all right so that's sort of where we stand Eric uh, anything else you want to touch on before we go no just uh, Forza Portugal so again I'm Portugal, we're in the international window. All to play for. I am extremely nervous. Portugal has one game. They win, and they're in the World Cup. Tell me if you've heard that before. Yeah. Teams that I support, all yeah. they need to do is win, and they're in. Yeah. So versus Serbia on uh, on Sunday. We'll see We'll see how that goes. So did, extremely nervous. Did but it, I like Portugal's chances. Didn't look great against Ireland today. <laughs> Just going to say. It was a meaningless the, – the, Outcome of that game did not matter. I, it's it's Sunday for all the marbles. I mean, Christi- it looked like it did. Matter. Cristiano it like Ronaldo was out there playing. I don't, if it doesn't matter, you have Cristiano Ronaldo playing. We'll see um, how it goes. But uh, I, I watched some Zlatan playing with Sweden too. So I watched two really bad games today um, during the international break. I was like, oh my god, Zlatan. By the way, I, I would just like to throw this out, and I know people will disagree with me and and say I'm crazy. But Galaxy got rid of Zlatan Ibrahimovic at the right time. They got rid of him one year early, and that Correct. is where you always want to be. So. Well, and, and going back to 2016, Steven Gerrard, the Robbie Keane, the wheels falling off, that they, they, they had a good team. They had the right core, just one year too long. So when you think about your Victor Vasquez, your Sasa question, yeah, it's enticing. Maybe they can do it again and contribute, but maybe that's when the wheels fall off and you're stuck with uh, some, some key players on the bench when you need them most in the playoffs. All right, we got to go because Taylor Swift tweeted out that her album dropped. So I oh have my to, goodness, I have oh my to go. goodness, yeah, it's time. Let's get to Spotify. Yeah, we have hit to, the alarm. We have to go. So uh, tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P R O F O U L. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Guessman, J G U E S M A N, and of course at Galaxy Podcast. 
Uh, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. We'll start to have some coverage. We're trying to drop all of our rosters on there in some interactive way that you can use. Haven't figured that out yet. When we do, you'll be able to search the rosters and all the information we've gathered and make your own decisions about who you're keeping, who's going away, all that fun stuff. So check that out. All right. That does it for Eric, the Portuguese Hammer Beer. I'm Josh. Pat Dogues, when you've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.